Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. It is Masters Week. It is a red-white game week. Gentlemen, there are no shortage of things to talk about. We're going to start with Mason Ramsey. Did really? any of us know who that was before he was announced as Nebraska's uh, national anthem singer on Saturday? Well, after some very rapid Googling, I've learned that he's a young country person. Is that true? I feel yeah. old. I think he's most famous for a gif, right, where he spins and does a little shooter thing with his fingers. And the, Shooter McGavin? Yeah, it's kind of popular on the Internet. And I don't care if that sounds old. I don't have any problem. Popular on the Internet? Yeah. Can we refer to you as Brian Christofferson, comma, popular on the internet? You can. Well, you, you know it was a big thing for me just to go from not printing out my boarding passes to using my <laughs> phone when I travel. So, I mean, I'm not going to know who Mason Ramsey is. Here's a question. It was a revelation. Mason I didn't know who he was either. As the youngest person here, not by a significant amount, but as the youngest person here, I had no idea who it was. More random, Mason Ramsey or DJ Cool? Mason Ramsey. Well, I didn't know who that was either. I mean, I'm just outing myself as a person that doesn't know anything going on on the internet most of the time. Is is Bo Pelini's cat, is that greater than or less than Mason Ramsey? You got more of a reaction out of me. The cat? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think it probably got more of a reaction out of Nebraska's fan base than Mason Ramsey will too. Yeah. Instead of like the 10% of the people who also know who this yodeling kid is. I'm guessing that there's going to be a fair amount of people in that stadium, what, 50,000 maybe, who are just like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, Whose son is this? Yeah. This guy might just knock us on our butts, you know? He could. He are might. you prepared for that? Yeah, I'll give him a, I'll give him a shot. He's got to be famous for some reason other than twirling and doing the shooter thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's as good of a reason to be famous as any mm-hmm. right now. Well, let's jump straight into this. We've got a lot to cover here today with the spring game coming up. We went through the game and, and some positions and stuff that interest us on Tuesday. But we've got a little bit of news that we're going to start with here. Brunts, what is the status of Nick Henrich, and what does it mean to the inside linebacker room? Well, uh, Nick, Nick Henrich, we learned officially, uh, had a shoulder injury, underwent surgery, uh, last night uh, or yesterday, um, and, and is basically out for and, until you know the end of fall camp, right around the start of the season. Um, what that means for the inside linebacking core, you have Mo Berry, you have um, Colin Miller, you have Will Honus, who is coming back from a knee injury himself, and. Joey Johnson, a walk-on, is that basically your, your crew, assemble your crew at inside linebacker right now? Yeah, I think you covered them all. And Joey Johnson is a nice story, but is probably a year or two away. So you're kind of down to three guys, really. Right, and it perhaps opens the door for Jackson Hanna to maybe get in the mix um, sooner than maybe what he would have been doing. But uh, another kind of blow for that group that, was thin anyways, and uh, now I, I think, you know, the, when you're splitting your your team for the red-white game, you're probably a little concerned about what you can roll out there at inside linebacker. Yeah, it is going to be tough work for Barrett Rude. He kind of joked that guys might have to change jerseys at halftime uh, to to figure out what was going to go on, but he didn't want to 
he certainly didn't want to seem like they'd be overmatched for it, and he's going to have to get creative, I would imagine, to get through the season this year with just a short amount of guys at inside linebacker. But Nick Henrich isn't the only one that's going to be missing the game on Saturday. Brian, who else will Nebraska fans not be able to see during the red-white contest? Well, the list is pretty extensive, but I think Wandale Robinson is the first guy that, that jumps out. I thought when he said he was coming early and enrolling, he was kind of the straw that stirs the drink for the spring game. He, like Adrian Martinez maybe was last year. Um, you know, J.D. Spielman's not going to be out there, uh, but you already know what he can do. So it's it's a bummer because I understand fans want to see Wandale make a cut in a Nebraska uniform and, you know, shake down somebody and show a glimpse of what he can do. This is also where you got to be mindful. This is a practice. It's probably not even the most important practice of the spring. It's just the most watched. And uh, you got to be pretty smart as a staff on in the middle of April with who you're rolling out there and not overextend guys. Does this mean the legend of Wandale will grow over the summer because there will be so few people who have actually put eyes on him before he actually gets to take a snap in a Nebraska uniform? It might. Though I mean, the one thing we know about Wandale is – Everybody who's talked to him, his peers here at Nebraska, they seem to think, yeah, he's legit. Like, this is not a deal where, okay, he's a high school phenom, he shows up, and he's underwater. Um, I mean, uh, the other day, even Brody Belt, who's a walk-on guy who's having a good spring, he was asked, you know, who's somebody that's jumping out? or And he's like, man, Wandale's a freak, you know, basically, and kind of shows a walk-on kid from Nebraska, you know, that there is maybe another level that you got to reach. And so um, that's where it's disappointing that he won't be able to play. But I, I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a smart move by this staff to just uh, make sure everybody's in their best condition they can. They want to just get out of this thing healthy more than anything. It's funny because it, you, Wandale, by virtue of not playing in this game, like some of his exploits from those scrimmages, it's turning into like Bo Jackson type territory of like where guys were when this happened or whatever. Wandale could also throw out a base runner from the track. <laughs> Makes a catch. Could he goes climb the wall. <laughs> yeah. So Wandale's not the only missing ingredient from this offense. You won't have Maurice Washington. Nope. You won't have J.D. Spielman. Who the hell are the fans going to be watching, Brian? I think Luke McCaffrey to me is the biggest draw because he's a McCaffrey, one. He's a quarterback, two, and – He's now actually, to me, a legit competitor as far as talking about the backup job because of the redshirt rule. Three. So those three things to him make him the top entry. I think he's a bigger draw than the Heisman uh, candidate quarterback. Yeah, because I think people already kind of know what they think about That's him. That's fair. And I also think Adrian Martinez is going to play like one or two series. I mean, the way That's they fair. split the teams up, it looks like Vedral's on the red squad, if I'm right. So I would guess Martinez comes out first as a series or two, and then it's kind of Vedral, Bunch, and McCaffrey switching off between the two teams. And uh, I think Noah Vedral, not a new guy, but has kind of, if I this is I don't want to overdo it, but he has something at stake here because his two appearances in front of Nebraska fans haven't been as good. So I think for him it would be a nice confidence booster if he can go out there and have a strong day. The uh, a couple other guys not 
gonna play Jack Stoll's not playing, which I thought was interesting because he told me that you know he, he was pretty much a participant in everything this spring. Uh, you're not getting Cam Jones uh, on defense. Uh, he's been held out for for grade issues. Um, you know, C.J. Smith, which he knew about, but just a a lot of guys that are going to have to be counted on um, in, in 2019. You're not going to get to see him right away. So I mean, opportunity for other guys, but uh, you know, that that offense, especially the first team, is going to look a lot different uh, on Saturday than it will uh, in September. Well, let us jump entirely different sports here because we have a little bit of breaking news i guess if you will on the podcast we don't have a sounder we're not professional but we can inform you that doc sadler former nebraska basketball coach doc sadler has resigned from his post as a head coach at southern miss sadler has been rumored to be a potential member of nebraska staff under fred hoiberg the two work together at iowa state brunts what can you tell us about these developments and where do you think it's leading? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, been a name that's been out there uh, basically even before Fred Hoiberg took over uh, at Nebraska. Uh, you mentioned the connections to uh, Hoiberg from his time at Iowa State. Um, yeah, I know that Fred Hoiberg respects Doc uh, quite a bit. And, you know, in talking to people that covered Iowa State uh, when Fred was there, a lot of his attention was focused on offense and when he had success was when they had kind of a defensive minded uh, coach that, that they kind of pair. And that's kind of Doc's specialty is coaching defense. And Brian, you reported uh, yesterday that you know, those conversations have been taking place that, you know, Sadler was supposed to meet with his AD today, uh, which he apparently did and told him that he was out. Um, so, you know, I think things are, are kind of heading towards Doc Sadler being the third member of Nebraska's basketball staff, joining Armand Gates uh, and Matt Abdelnasa. Yeah, I think things were definitely headed that way yesterday and have been for a while. It was just a matter of, you know, Doc, Doc's got a tough job at Southern Miss, or he had a tough job. I mean, that's a that's a tough place to win. He actually had a winning season there this last year. They went 20-13, and 13, but his overall record – shows you it's kind of one of those places where no matter who you are as a coach, you kind of beat your head against the wall, I think. And he's making 350000 there. We already know a Husker assistant's making three eighty. I would assume they can pay Doc about the same. I'll tell you what, if I'm Doc Sadler, I get, sometimes I just put myself in a guy's shoes. Not the worst gig in the world to be on a bench, not have the pressure of being the head coach. You know you're working on a staff that has security for a long time. You're going to make the same amount of money, and uh, you're at a place where you're kind of beloved by fans, even though he didn't win an NCAA tournament game. So I, it seems like a pretty sweet deal to me. Yeah, the interesting thing is that these guys have worked well together before. It, it, I've been asked several times how weird it is to see a head coach come back to a place where he was let go because he, he couldn't make it work the first time. And it would be a lot more odd if there wasn't already a pre-existing relationship with Hoiberg and Sadler and they had plenty of success together and what was it a year it was a year or two years it gives their two years and I want to say that it overlapped with their run to the elite eight or the sweet 16 uh, when they knocked off North Carolina and San Antonio when they're playing in the same pod as Nebraska and Tim Miles so uh, they've obviously worked well together I think that relationship is 
important because if it frees up Hoiberg to focus on the offense, we all know despite his struggles as Nebraska's head coach, Sadler can get guys to play defense. And I think that he's a pretty smart X's and O's person in terms of game-to-game strategy, which has been something I bang the drum on that Nebraska hasn't particularly had for several years. Well, and they've got Bobby Lutz um, also on the staff um, as kind of like a analyst, kind of overseer guy between uh, Hoiberg and, and Bill Moose. Uh, he's a longtime uh, assistant coach, head coach, and you know it, it was also with Hoiberg at Iowa State. So I mean, it very much is kind of uh, getting the band back together a little bit. But guys that Hoiberg trusts and guys that fit uh, pretty good. Uh, into their roles, I think, on that staff. It's kind of a book from Scott Frost, right. page from his playbook. I mean, it's, you know, and rarely do you see it where it actually works out that way, where you can actually get guys, I mean, especially when one of those guys was a head coach to come to an assistant coach, which some people would think is a demotion in theory. Um, it, it says something about they must have a pretty good family vibe with each other. Well... Let's finish up with this, and then we'll jump back into Nebraska's spring game. They will have an official visitor for the first time in spring game history, Jakeem Grain, a defensive tackle from Highland Community College, originally from Sumter, South Carolina, originally part of South Carolina's 2019 class, is going to be coming out here. It's the second visit that he'll have made in the last several weeks, three weeks, I think, three or four weeks. He was out here the same day Nebraska had their junior day, uh, March 30th. So an opportunity for Nebraska to impress a guy who we have learned could reclassify in 20 or could stay in the 2019 class if he takes care of some academic work ahead of the start of the 2019 season. Green would give Nebraska another defensive lineman and someone that they could potentially work into playing the beauty part of it all is if he has that extra year and he doesn't have to sit out and then reclassify to 2020, he would have a red shirt, which would allow them to play him in four games, build him up, assuming it takes him a while to get to campus, if he were to pick Nebraska, obviously. They could have a third piece behind the Daniels brothers, who if he emerges, then it allows you to move Darian Daniels around, which is what I think Nebraska ultimately wants to do. Jakeem Green has become someone that I think could be a really important piece already for 2019, which is just fascinating. And it's just another example of this staff has done a really nice job of never leaving the stone unturned and beating the bushes, whatever cliche we want to use involving nature, of just finding somebody that can help out this year. And it didn't necessarily work in terms of Will Jackson and Vaha with statistics and everything else. But it just shows you that they are always open to other avenues of finding players. You would say they're pounding the pavement. You would say that. Hmm. How it's big? Not, it, how not big? as much nature there. No, pavement. You have know. you ever literally beaten the bushes? Like just gone out and just. Yeah, I have took, actually taken a swing just at them. Just had a rough the, day. The yeah. giant bush that I have outside of my house is usually covered with uh, spider webs and mm-hmm. spiders, and I've just gone out there and hacked away at it, and then sprayed a bunch with the home defense at it. Nice. So, I mean, I didn't think... So you know what that's like. You get the recruiting game. A little bit. Yeah. 
But I, I've never had, like, I've never had to forage, which okay. I think is what the beating of the bushes is really about. It's, gotcha. It's foraging for berries. Mm. But you should always make sure that you're not eating poisonous ones. See, this backfired on you. Well, I'm going to... Guys in Boy Scouts, Bronx, I know things. Whenever they say they're going to cast a wide net or something like that, I'm going to say, are you going to beat the bushes? Are you concerned about spiders? Is that what the what the issue is? Well, I just, you, you want the spiders away from the home. True. I mean, I, I think that's a very important thing here. Yes. So. How, how big is this guy? <laughs> How big is a bush? Like, <laughs> Not the bush. Uh, I think he's 6'3", 305. Let me... He's a big... Well, it's almost like we have profiles of these things. He's Let in the 300-pound club. That's pretty... I mean, if you if you look at... Uh, I apologize. He's 6'4". 6'4", 305. Yep. They've really had some things work out as far as the... No, nose tackle, to me, has been the spot where it's kind of held Nebraska's development back in the three four like you've got to have a guy there who can just as uh, tony tuioti would say cause the other side to use four hands on him you know where you you gotta he's got to expend a lot of energy from the offensive line and make, make them use up a lot trying to block him and free up other guys and it's not for lack of effort but mick stoltenberg by the end of his career just you know he had no knees and so he couldn't he couldn't be that guy and this that's why I think people should be optimistic about this defense more than anything. I think we actually get to see the 3-4 this year with a nose tackle spot where you can feel pretty good about it. And then you bring in this guy if you can, and uh, you've got it set up for a little while. Real quickly, Bruns, did you learn anything this week at practice that has you more interested on Saturday or, or – particularly watching for any one position group or any one player no not really pretty, no. <laughs> pretty quiet week in news <laughs> no i mean I, I i think the one that i'm i'm curious to see is uh, the, the secondary i mean I, i've been intrigued by defense for most of the spring and I, I think from what we've heard from travis fisher from uh you know players in that secondary they're at a completely different place than they were even from the end of last season i mean let alone where they were this time last year so that that group to me will be kind of fun to watch uh, especially if you've got adrian martinez only playing a couple series uh you, you might see a few interceptions i think from that group brian something or nothing that we haven't spent any time this spring talking about tight ends at all been very quiet in terms of how much they've come up because you got all the receiver talk we've got the backup quarterback you got to replace the offensive line the deepest group a very talented group and arguably some breakout potential there yeah i think the reason nobody talks about them or hardly talks about them it's not in some ways, it hasn't been a sexy position at Nebraska. Like, there's other places where that you've seen tight ends just bust out, and he's such a huge part of the offense inside the 10-yard line and stuff like that. We always hear about it. Like, okay, the tight end in this guy's scheme is going to really show up, look, look for some big stats, and it just doesn't happen here. And so I think it's one of those positions where people are kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. We'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But I'm still waiting for it with this group. They got I, some dudes. They should. They There's no reason they shouldn't be a huge part of the offense statistically. There's obviously way more involved than that. You know, they count uh, 
who the two yard king is on blocking, for instance, like Jack Stoll is very good at that last year, moving guys two yards off the ball and led his group. Uh, but they need they need Al- Austin Allen and Kurt Raftall to make that move now, because those are guys who you look at them, you're like, man, they I mean they got the size, they're a bad matchup for defenses. It needs to matter at this point, and I think the guy. One of the guys people should watch Saturday is Katerian Legron. He's had a good spring. He's in better shape. And I think he's going to be the fourth guy on the list still this year. But I think he can enter the equation and maybe in a game he makes a big play and, and people are like, okay, it's moving with him. He's He's got something going now. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to break down some of the visitors Nebraska has coming in. They have a number of guys that already have offers that are going to be on campus, some for the first time, some like Turner Corcoran for the 10th time. Uh, But we'll go through that list and who's of interest to us and, you know, maybe even potentially who might commit. So we will cover that. And, of course, because it's a game week, we're going to bust out some bold predictions, some score predictions, maybe even figure out who the spring game MVP is. So we'll be doing all of that when we come back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For this weekend, and that's going to keep me pretty busy in terms of catching up with them Saturday night, Sunday. And I'm expecting that there could be some commitment this weekend. And if the people would like to know more about those guys going into it, or more likely the commitments after we've got a great deal going on at Husker 24 seven right now. You can get 30% off an annual VIP membership that gives you the ability to read my stuff, Brian's stuff, Brunson's stuff, but also the great stuff around the network. People like Steve Wilpon, uh, other members of the network that drop in Brian Doan, Alan true, uh, John Garcia. They all have recruiting stuff for you. It's a really good time to get on board now because Nebraska is going to go out on the road Monday and We're going to know where they're at. You're going to want to know who they're recruiting, who they're targeting. That's the kind of information we can provide. You can't get that on the podcast. Generally can't find that elsewhere on the internet without finding it at Husker 24-7 first. So 30% off there. But let's jump into this visit list, gentlemen. 
I will read some names. You tell me which ones you find interesting. Oh, Brian, Brian snickered. I don't know. I didn't. I my nose. I was sniffing. That was a allergies. Sniff. Well, maybe snicker. maybe you don't find any of these guys interesting. This is, I don't know. This is like the Seinfeld where he's he accused. was like, "Let's let's see let's see you try to wow me with somebody on this <laughs> yeah. visit list." Like, All right, yeah, Brian. Right. Well, we'll start with somebody that I think will wow this you. This is like the Seinfeld where he's accused of picking his nose but didn't. Go on. Nebraska has Jamar Sakona coming in, who could Whoa. just very well be their number one defensive line target, a six foot three, three hundred pound nose tackle. That. Tony Tuioti was recruiting to Cal and, frankly, had put Cal in a great position with to the point where they were pretty much thought to be the leaders prior to his departure coming over to Nebraska. Nebraska, Tuioti offers, continue that relationship, convinces him he needs to come out here, check it out for himself. I talked to him. I talked to his coach. They're very excited to be here this weekend. This is a guy in, in Jamar Sakona that Nebraska has, I think, a, a pretty fair chance with do you envision, and we just talked about Jakeem Green, and so obviously the need there at nose tackle is pretty big. Do you think that there's maybe any little extra emphasis because this is someone that Tuioti was going so hard after where he's at before that he kind of could maybe make a little bit of a splash about his abilities as a recruiter with somebody like Sakona? Well, I think so. I think it would be impressive right off the bat to show I can go get these Cali guys who might – with most coaches turn their head and not really look at Nebraska, just kind of entertain the idea briefly and move on. With Tuioti, the whole concept of him as a recruiter is that he can maybe open up some doors Nebraska hasn't had in certain places, and I think on the West Coast in particular. And, I mean, we've heard stories about how well he connects to recruits like with Ty Robinson, for example, when they're going going over his film and going over like 250 cut-ups of what you do well, and Ty Robinson wanted more of it. Um, so you get a taste of that or you hear that and you think, well, if he, you know, he probably does that with these other guys. And I can see where a guy, when you talk to Tony Tuoti, you can understand why he'd be a good recruiter because he, he is able to uh, – just be a guy in a way. Like, you know, he talks about football and can break it down for us idiots um, in a pretty normal way, even in a media setting. And I, I just think he probably connects well because of that with recruits, just how he can communicate. Us. Yeah, absolutely. Us. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to include. I should have said just me. Uh, that's that's fair. You can you can speak for the group. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Bruns, I want to ask you, or did you have some thoughts on Tuioti? Well, uh, Sorry, I didn't. Just to hop on Brian's comment, Go ahead. It, Nebraska has always kind of seemed to have issues recruiting and closing on guys in the Bay Area. I mean, it's it always seems like the success has been in, in Southern California, occasionally um, in, in the Central Valley. But, you know, his connections there, I think, could be nice for Nebraska because a lot of those kids, they're either – Going the, the the elite ones always seem to end up like Oregon, Washington. They go north uh, rather than you know really trying to get out of California. So I mean that that would be if they if Nebraska could get him, that would be a huge huge win early on for Tuioti. Well, let me ask you this: then transitioning off of off of Tuioti with and Northern California to a kind of a little bit more regional thing, they have two tackles coming in from Kansas. 
we know they like several offensive linemen around the state of Nebraska this year. How big of a deal do you think it is that they find their linemen close to home? I know that this is kind of a discussion that we've had in the past, but they have a chance really that they could get almost all of their offensive linemen within the 500-mile radius. Do you think that matters at all? It speaks, to, I think, to how good the 2020 class is in in the radius, and we kind of talked about that, that it was going to be a good year. But, I mean, I, I think it, it's easier for Nebraska when you're able to stay close to home with some of those guys because I, I think people a little bit closer to Lincoln remember when, when Nebraska was the pipeline. Um, you know, I, I think that, that that's one aspect that's good for Nebraska. I think also, too, I mean, when you when you start looking at just guys sticking in the program, um, you're able to retain guys more if they're they're from around the area. And, you know, I, I think linemen, that's one thing that Nebraska can find closer to home. I think linemen and tight ends are the two big ones. Those, uh, oh, excuse no, me. Go ahead. You're, I was just going to say those two tackles I was speaking of, I didn't mention. I mentioned Turner Corcoran. He's back for his, like, ninth visit at this point. I feel really good about Nebraska's chances there. The other one that I hadn't mentioned yet – Alex Kahn, six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds from Derby High in Derby, uh, Kansas. Just south of I don't know, it's over off of eighty one. It's north of Wichita, I think, over mm-hmm. in that area. I, I don't have my Kansas uh geographic map up, so I don't really know exactly I know it's over by Wichita. But I think it's it's interesting that both of these guys I think Nebraska's going really hard after. And they're going really hard after Reese Atterbury and Roger Rosengarten. And it just feels like they have sort of a set group that if they can pull four from there, they're going to feel really happy. I mean, it's not that they they haven't gone out and tried to get, you know, Jeffrey Percy came over from California. I just think it's really interesting that they have really locked into to what seems to me five or six guys within – 300 miles. And I don't know if that's just how it's always going to be, or if it's, as you say, a, a product of the 2020. Does it matter position wise with those guys you think, or are they just kind of like, you know, we're bringing in con, you know, he's six, six. I mean, could be a tackle, could be a go- I mean, it, it, does position matter as much for them w- with the group that they're wanting to bring for 2020? I think a lot of it is a lot like Travis Fisher talking about defensive backs where mm-hmm. it's, he wants athletes, you figure it out. I mean, even someone like Turner, uh, who everyone might just assume is a natural going to be your left tackle for years. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he stays outside. I think they just love his film. They see a, a road grader. And it's the same with Alex Kahn, who's a really good athlete uh, for 6'6", 280. Moves really well. You watch his film, he can get out in front. You let him pull. I mean, he could be a pretty good guard too. And so, um, and, and I, I also think there's a, an argument to be made that you want you know, so many bites to the apple – and that's what recruiting really is. So you try to get these guys that if you find a few of them that plays tackle, great, and then you move them to maybe where they can help you at guard. You see that in, all the time in, in the NFL. Sticking on this list, two guys coming from Arizona, Malik Reed, a linebacker from Chandler. He is listed as an outside linebacker on 24-7 Sports. Nebraska is recruiting him as an inside linebacker. It's his first visit. He is excited to get out here and spend some time around Barrett Root. He's connected with he knows Javen Wright really well, and so he's heard a lot of good things about Nebraska. Another guy from Arizona, Tommy Christakos, who I think is one of the more interesting visitors on this list because he's listed as a wide receiver. Nebraska likes him as a tight end. 
he's also like the number two kicker in the country. And he's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. So oh. I like the idea of someone catching a touchdown pass and then staying on the field and kicking the extra point. I don't know why. I just oh, that'd be great. I appreciate that. But where I'm going with this, <laughs> Brian, have you seen Arizona? Is this an area where Nebraska can make some hay? They've got Pola Gates and Robinson and yeah. Javen Wright. Last year, you got some guys coming in already. They had some other visitors from Arizona that were in for the two junior days. It seems like maybe that's a state that they could do some work in. It's always been a pretty good state to Nebraska when you think about it. Like they, You'd have to go through it all, but it feels like they bat a good average with guys they get out of there as being like quality players or contributors um, through the years. And you're talking about a Husker staff in some cases, like Frost and, you know, Held, who, you know, they remember playing with guys like from that area and know what it means to recruit that area. So I, I, I think, uh, I do think it's going to be one of those states where like every class you could probably count on a guy or two. It's probably not going to be your leading state ever, but that's what you ask out of a state like Arizona recruiting wise. It's like, can I pluck one or two that we really like? And you'll take that every year. It doesn't seem like they're really like the either school in that state is really locked down the borders either. Arizona State didn't get anybody in the top right. ten of the state. Right. Like and, and and they had a decent recruiting class. It wasn't like they were bad. And they right. had a fine season under Herm Edwards, but that blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a direct flight to Omaha. I mean, so it, it's you got that working for you too. Don't you view like Arizona, Colorado even Missouri to a degree, I look at some of these states where I feel like in state wise, they just haven't done the job to secure their top guys. And until a program like Colorado or programs in Arizona prove that they can do that and solidify their own borders, I keep going there all the time. Do you think Nebraska's trying to do that with Iowa? Because it feels like they've really been aggressive in that state. If, well, I think Chenander's like, imprint there helps he's you know he iowa guy but i i do feel like there's a little bit of a shove back from iowa being if nothing else a nuisance by coming into nebraska and throwing an offer out and saying yeah follow this up i think it i think there's a little payback there myself well i mean it's also interesting in iowa too because you've all you've got iowa state offering kids really early um and, and trying to you know take away from the Hawkeyes too. So, I mean, if you're in Nebraska, why not try to go in there with somebody with connections and throw your weight around a little bit? We were talking about Midwest linemen and this staff is really, I mean, they're up to the head coach. They're the type of staff that I have a lot of confidence in connecting to those type of kids. I mean, Scott Frost is a guy who's like, talks about pheasant hunting and stuff like that and they just took a kid fishing yeah <laughs> like on his official visit so that's I why mean. when i see these kids i know that when they come on their visit like frost is just going to speak their language and some of the coaches do too mm-hmm. and it it's that's why i like their in a way it's as simple as that is why i like their chances with some of these guys because I, I think there's just that yeah you're kind of the same as i am you grew up the same way i did and there's a trust there well, I, the reason I bring it all up, Blaze Gunnarsson's coming back. He's not, actually Nebraska views him as an outside linebacker. I thought maybe he'd be a stand or a defensive end, but they see him as a stand-up outside linebacker. He has been to Nebraska. This will be his third trip. He was out here in March, same time as Turner, same time as Xavier Watts, who's also coming back for 
his spring game visit, it felt like he was all Iowa State. And suddenly, I think he's getting very close to a decision. I think it's going to be Nebraska. I haven't made that crystal ball prediction yet. But I just, the conversations I have, Eric Shenander did a really nice job with, um, with Mosai Newsom last year, has done a really nice job with Gunnarsson. He's connected with guys like Watson, Corcoran, who I expect are going to be in Nebraska's class anyways. He's going to have Logan Smothers, who's going to be on campus this weekend, probably working on him a little bit because I think Nebraska, when a guy's close like that, you, you try to get, you know, you try to push a little bit more in that regard with the peer recruiting. Blaze Gunnarsson isn't the highly rated guy on this list, but I think he's one of the more interesting ones. One of the guys that is highly rated. Logan Loya, four-star wide receiver, just picked up a USC offer. He's coming out to Nebraska. He's got a family connection in in some ways in that he has an uncle that lived out here, uh, loves Nebraska football, has followed Nebraska football a long time. When we spoke on, I want to say it was Monday night, he basically said, or maybe it's Tuesday night, he basically said that his uncle was kind of telling him about Scott Frost, and he was really excited to meet him because his uncle had just built him up so much. So he was like this storied figure during a national title run and then had come back to save the program. And he's like, yeah, he just seems like he's this hugely prominent person. And I'm thinking to myself like how people from outside the state would explain him to, to recruits or to, to other people, and it kind of makes sense that like he is a, in a, some ways kind of a figurehead now. Uh, for, for Nebraska football. So Logan Loya is going to be pretty interesting. Again, four-star receiver, St. John's Bosco, uh, out there in Bellflower, California, which I think is south of L.A. Is that right? Yeah, it's – I mean, they – They're in the Orange they're, County. They're a football factory. They are a football factory. There's a lot of a lot of players that come out of there. Uh, some 2021s, and I'll run through these kind of quick. Randolph Kapai, an inside linebacker from Washington in Sioux Falls, just recently offered. He's a top 100 guy. If you haven't yet, make sure you get over to Husker 24-7. We've got a list of all of the people that have already been to campus. They're inside the top 247 for 2021, which is pretty impressive to me that they have that many. And then South, or Seth Malcolm, who was just at Nebraska last week uh, from Fremont Mills in Iowa, picked up an offer. He's coming back again. He's pretty high on the Huskers. There's some guys that don't have offers yet. Inside linebacker, Sione Fotu, cornerback Christopher Townsell, defensive end Danny Striglow, defensive or excuse me, offensive tackle tackle, Jackson Stoffen. But really this list stands out to me because there's so many people coming in that have already been offered. And I think that they and a lot of them are coming back for second visits. And I think it sets up pretty well that they have really gotten ahead of, of where they wanted to be and you know wasn't that many months ago we were sitting in an office in November and they were telling us that they planned to watch 1,500 kids in the 2020 class. They felt like they were finally going to get ahead. It feels like we've hit that point. I know they only have two commitments, but they've gotten a lot of people to campus so far. Yeah, the commitment number to anybody who's worried, I know you think this and I think this. I wouldn't worry about it. It's about to, this is about to be a movement here. Next two it's months. a movement? It's a movement, yeah. It's like Twins baseball. No? No. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm not worried about Twins baseball. <laughs> All right, fine. Carry on. I don't on. even think the Indians are good, and they still took the lead in the Central. All right, carry on. <laughs> Chris Davis just hit a home run, by the way. Not the. The K, Chris Davis. Oh, 
first day. He already hit one earlier in the game. Did he hit a second home run? He did. He's got two home runs mm-hmm. in back-to-back games. For those that don't know, I am the president of the Crush Davis fan club. Even more than Brunts, I think. I send him all the texts now. Yeah. He's led my fantasy team the last two years. It's beautiful. So you're like BFFs. This is what people want to know on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. All right, let's get into we're We're going to close up here. But let's get into a few predictions for Saturday. Um, normally, I let Brian pick the order. Today, I'm going to dictate it. All right, fine. Today, Brunts is going to go first. And we are going to need from you just two things. A score prediction and a player of the game. Or do we want a bold prediction? Do you want to try to keep that going in a a a, non-game? I'll do a bold prediction. I'm not going to give you a score prediction because I don't. Do we need a score prediction? You need a score. It's a game, Brunts. They're playing. You as, think as Scott Frost said, score? we're going to play football. You think this is some sort of participation trophy game? It feels that way. <laughs> someone's going to get steak and someone's getting hot dogs. Um, okay, so I'm going to say, I haven't even looked at the rosters, to be honest, who's who's with whom. Red, I haven't either. The so. red is the ones. Red's the ones. I'll say. Red are generally, from the people I've discussed, considered to be a six and a half point favorite. That's light. Yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> Reds 40, Whites 15. 40, 15. And I'm, my player of the game is going to be Wyatt Mazur. I think he's going to see a lot of carries. going to see a lot of Wyatt in the game. And uh, so my, my oddly specific prediction I think Wyatt Mazur catches a touchdown and runs for a touchdown. Oh, wow. Two touchdowns for Wyatt Mazur. Yes. All right, Brian. We are going uh, to you now. Red's going to win 43-15. to 15. Oh, wow. 15 twice. Oh, is that what Brunt said? He said 40. He said 15, though. He did say 15. It got in my head, I guess. I'm sticking with it. I already All said right, it out that's loud. That's fine. 43-15. And uh, Brody Belt will have a lot of opportunity, and he will have a big day. Brody Belt. He'll be kind of the like the fun story out of it. And Andre Hunt will also, uh, specific prediction, Andre Hunt uh, will be in the end zone at least once. All right, I like it. Well, my prediction will be a defensive struggle <laughs> with a score, 19-17. Oh, wow. That's, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, we're going to be fascinated all the way to the end. <laughs> I have the red team winning. Okay. Over or under five turnovers combined. Give me the over. It's just going to be a slop fest out there. Defense is just destroying things. I don't know if we're getting Alex Davis pick six again, but uh, we're going we're gonna to see some, some crazy things happening. Here's my bold prediction. Tight ends account for two touchdowns in this game. Two. So that's what we got. I'd like, I'd like, it, I'd like the prediction even more if you told us which tight ends. Uh, Katarian Legrone uh-huh. will score a touchdown, and Kurt Raftall will follow up his breakout performance from last year's spring game with another one this year. So those are the two guys that are scoring the touchdowns. Any closing thoughts before we uh, we wrap this up? Weather kind of stinks for that game, but that's. Not not going to be rain or snow, at least. So. Just cloudy and 50. Yeah, I guess it's all right. Better than the month of March, be for the n- most part. It'd be nice if we had a 72-degree. Would you rather be up in Minnesota where your twins won't play a game for two weeks? No, no, I wouldn't. I want to be in this 
This damn great state of Nebraska. <laughs> Brunts. Um, well, I just hope that everybody has a good time. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how much we we uh, get a look at Adrian Martinez. I, I think two series is probably about right for him. So I'm ready to ready to see how the twos and threes do. Would you set the over-under on series for him at two and a half? That's got to be like the perfect number. That'd probably be the the betting line. Yeah, one and a half be too low. Mm-hmm. I I think two and a half's fair. It's, yeah, it's good. You got a future in this. All right. Well, if you want to find out if any of these predictions were accurate, which I'm guessing none of them will be, you can listen to the podcast next week. If you want to find out what happened with recruiting and if Nebraska lands some commitments and who enjoyed themselves, be sure to check out Husker twenty four seven. We'll have all of the coverage from the spring game. Plenty of stuff from the coaches as they talk about what they saw from the players, as they talk about what they experienced out there, and from the recruits as they explain how the visit went for them. You can catch all of that at Husker 24-7. Don't forget, 30% off an annual subscription. If you're not ready to be an annual member and you have a dollar, you can be a monthly member. Check us out, Husker 24-7. We'll be back next week.